Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Jesus Teaches, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva, on October 15th, 2017. I get the awesome privilege of most Sundays, because I'm not up here every Sunday, but most Sundays I get the wonderful privilege to, just to kind of look upon God's people and see all the, the wonderful smiling faces, the joy and, and the excitement that, that we have as we gather together as the body of Christ. And so I just want to start by saying thank you for that. Thank you for the, for the great privilege of, of being able to, to be a part of just everything that God is doing in your life and uh, just sharing that with us together as, as a church. And I want you to know that uh, you sit next to some amazing people. You, you sit to, next to some individuals that, that God loves, he cherishes, and that he looks upon with a great big smile. And I know, amen, yes, thank you. Um, and I know that even though there's smiles on our face this morning, I know that, that a lot of us come with burdens, with pain, with struggle. You know, we come with anxieties. We, we wrestle through the moments of life and we just don't always understand why or how or, or what's going on in the world around us, in our world. But I want to tell you this morning, as we, as we look at the book of Hebrews, as we, as we look at this Jesus, the Christ, our Savior, our Lord, God in flesh, I want to remind you that you are loved, that God has done all of this. He has brought all of us together. He has given you who you sit next to with a greater purpose than we can even begin to understand. And in this very moment, I want you to think about that love. And my hope is this morning, as we, as we look at this passage here in Hebrews chapter 6, is that that love would just become so real to you, that, that you would just grow deeper in love with our Savior Jesus Christ. So this morning, if you would grab your Bibles and turn to Hebrews and uh, I want to open up and jump kind of back a little bit into chapter 5. We, we talked about chapter 5 a little bit last week, and, and we looked at the first few verses there. And, and I want you to see here what the writer is telling the people, what he's telling you and I about our faith. See, he's warning them to not degenerate in their faith, not to, to move away from their faith or become dull in their faith. He is encouraging them and reminding them that they've got to do some specific things to move forward in their faith, to grow in their faith. And so in Hebrews chapter 5, everybody there? All right. And in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14, the writer says this, he says, About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For, both, for, for, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant, and underline that word, practice to distinguish good from evil. 
Hence, the fork. Everybody raise up your fork. You're probably wondering to yourself, why in the world did I get a fork this morning? (laughs) Well, I'm sorry, I don't have a meal prepared for you, per se. We're not going to eat of food. We're going to eat of spiritual food this morning. And And I bring you and I give you this fork this morning because I want it to be a kind of a symbol for you, an understanding, a reminder that we have to pick up this fork and eat. See, the writer here is telling us this. He says, as a child, you you feed from milk. You you feed from the simple things. But as you mature in your faith, as you discover all of the wonderful love and grace and mercy that God has for you, there becomes this desire, this hunger inside of you, this passion to eat and fill yourself with the nourishment that God has provided for us. See, my hope for us this morning is that we will allow Jesus to teach us how to grow in our faith. That we would use this simple fork just as simply a reminder that we need to pick up our Bibles, that we need to take the steps necessary to discover the hows and whys of our faith. And sadly enough, I I can't pick up that fork for you. Be a little awkward if I did, wouldn't it? Choo-choo train, choo-choo, you know. (laughs) I'm not gonna do that, just so you know. Each person in this room has to take this fork and be reminded that we have to take the time to eat, right? Because if we don't eat, we become unhealthy. And when we're unhealthy, we can't discern or understand the things that God has for us in our lives. It's the good and evil. It's the the discernment of knowing what is right and what is wrong. See, you have to take that step yourself. You know, I want to challenge you this morning. I I have a lot of of promises that I stand on in the word of God. I want to challenge you this morning to to keep this fork for a while. And on on the front there, I want you to write maybe a passage or a promise that God has for you. Keep it in your Bibles. Keep it in your pocket. You know, walk around work and people are going to ask you, hey, why you got that fork sticking out of your pocket? Because I'm hungry. (laughs) I want to eat. and I'm always prepared. When God creates a moment or gives me an opportunity to eat from his word to to gain that spiritual understanding, to grow deeper in my faith, I want to have this ready. You know, the writer of Psalm says this, Psalm 119. He says, Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth in the ways of your testimonies. I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Well, let's bow our hearts before we begin our time together in this chapter. Father, we come before you. We come hungry, Father. Lord, we we need this nourishment. We need your word, Father, because it's more than just having a, a... a mind or a mental understanding of the things that you desire for us, but we understand and know and hope for as we eat of this, that we, we would just grow deeper in our love for you, deeper in understanding of the love that you have for us as your creation, as your people, as your children. Father, as we read through these words, as we listen to the things that you have for us, Father, 
I, I do pray that, that you would create this hunger, this desire, this passion, that we would just seek after you, that we would draw close to you, Lord, and that we would look to Jesus as our teacher, as our Messiah, as our Savior, to help us to understand the things that you have for us, the things that you desire for us. And Lord, that we would just go away from here, just praising you, giving you glory, and trusting you in every way. Lord, we come before you, and we do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, spiritual growth, it can be a, a really hard thing to understand. And I know, I know for many of us, some of us have kind of been on the journey for just a little while and, and others have been on the journey for a long while, you know. You've been a Christian um, since you were a kid or, or maybe since you were a young adult and, and you've lived your life for Jesus. And we talk about spiritual growth all the time in the church and, and we kind of look and we try to kind of ponder and, and wonder and dissect and, and, and look at others and say, oh man, you know, that guy's not doing this, so he's really not, you know, growing the way he should be doing. But hey, you know what, that guy over there, he's got all of this cool stuff memorized, man. And if you look at that guy's life, man, that dude is just, he's about it. You know, that, that's usually in our human minds how we discern spiritual growth, isn't it? Well, I want to offer to you this morning that it's not just that simple, all right? I want to offer you to you that, that it's more than just understanding or learning or memorizing a passage of Scripture. That it's a lot deeper than that. That there's more to it than this. And God calls us to something deeper. God moves us to something deeper. Jesus came so that we would grow in Him deeper. See, I, I was about nine or ten, which is only a few years ago, in case you're wondering. I was about nine or ten in, in Sunday school and I was hanging out there with a few other kids and, and the teacher went around the room and says, hey, what would you guys like to do when you grow up? And so she made everyone stand one at a time and say, hey, you know, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a doctor. You know, all the typical things. There's only a few of us in there. And then I stood up and I looked at the teacher and I said, I want to be a pastor. And I sat back down. And I tell you, in that moment, I just said, Floyd, what the heck did you just do? <laughs> so you just lied to this lady. <laughs> and where did that come from? And even to this day, I have no idea other than God where that came from. I think about that moment and I look at my life and the things that have transpired from those moments to today and how God has worked in my life and used me. And, and the moments when I ran from God, when I ran and, and did my own thing and lived for myself. And then I think about, as I stood there and I said, I want to be a pastor. You know, see, what happens a lot in life is that, that we kind of get confused in those moments, right? Even, even thinking about saying I want to be a pastor scares the heck out of me. You know, it brings a, about this element of fear and anxiety to say, you know, I, that's not who I am. That's not what I can do. I'm not strong enough. I'm not big enough. I'm not smart enough. You know, and, and for you, there, there may be something that God's stirring in your heart, something that God wants to teach you, a way that God is moving in your life right now that, that maybe scares the heck out of you. 
Maybe it brings this, this anxiety of just maybe God wants me to change jobs because this job is too consuming in my life and I'm not able to put God as my priority. Maybe it's, it's something as simple as, hey, how do, I, how do I raise my kids? What steps do I take in understanding and, and doing the things that God would want me to do in raising my child? It might be as simple as, as, as deciding what school they'll go to or whether you'll homeschool them, or it'll be a private school or a public school. See, but what we can all rest in is the fact that God is at work in our lives. And whether we see it or we believe it, or whether we want to look towards it, we have to trust and we have to know that God is at work. He's brought us to this place, to this moment, to this time, with a purpose. Now it's up to you and I to take those steps of faith to grow deeper, to move deeper in this relationship, to, to really truly understand all of these moments, whether they're good, whether they're bad, whatever they are, knowing that God is at work and he has a promise for your life. He has a promise for my life and he's doing some things that maybe I just don't understand, but I have to trust in the fact that he's doing some things. See, what I want us to ask ourselves this morning is, will I trust God in this? Will I completely give myself in a way that shows that I trust and I believe in what God is doing in my life? Will I take the steps to develop an intimacy, this, this relationship that God has called me into so that I can have a better understanding and know what he says in chapter 5 to distinguish what is right and what is wrong. That's a tough thing to do. It's scary. And steps of faith are, are hard. You know, we want to say with the simple things, right? We like our, our meat and potatoes. And my daughter, she, she loves chicken nuggets. And so do I. But I want to try some other things. <laughs> you know? She'd rather just stick with her chicken nuggets. You know? And that's okay though. But God wants us to move us out of that comfort zone. He wants us to help us to, to discover. So again, my hope isn't just to tell you that you need to grow in your faith. My hope this morning is to show you that God has given us everything that we need, all of the tools to develop in this intimacy, in this relationship with him. See, Jesus teaches us to grow in our faith. He, he guides us and he shows us how to do that. And the first thing that we see here and we can learn from our passage in chapter six in verses one through three is that Jesus teaches us to progress, to have progress, to grow, to take steps. Verse one, it says, therefore, because of what I just said, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, to progress, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. See, what the writer here is saying, hey, you know, make some progress in your faith. You know, the, the foundation and the essentials are good and we need those things. We have to have that basic understanding. Jesus is the cornerstone and he laid the foundation for, for us. 
But we have to have progress. We have to move and take the steps to grow in our faith. To have a greater understanding of this love that God is offering you and I. See, the readers here are urged towards progress from the foundational truths of the gospel to get to know God better, to understand who he is and what he has for you and the things that he desires for you. See, he's not telling us to abandon the foundations of our faith or the truths of our faith. He's just simply saying, build upon them. Take the steps to mature, to progress in your faith. Second Peter 1 Verses 5 through 7 says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement, to build upon your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with what? Love. Isn't it amazing how, how God always brings it back to love? You know, the Bible teaches us faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. God says, I so love the world that I gave my only son so that you, so that you wouldn't perish, but you would have eternal life. The Bible teaches us that God is what? He is love. See, when we're taking steps of progress, our lives will be changed. There's change that happens. See, and we are given opportunities to love. And we can ask ourselves, well, you know what? It's kind of like when you say, you know, I'm praying God would give me patience because I really just don't have patience right now. You know, the, the reality is that, that you do have patience. God is just going to give you an opportunity to use that patience. Right? And that's usually what happens most of the time. See, in the same way, it's saying here, as we walk in Christ, as we grow, as we progress in our faith, there's something that happens. There's a virtue and a knowledge and an understanding and it moves from our head. It moves from just being in here to all of a sudden it comes down here. And it, and it changes us. It does something that, that nothing else could ever do to us. And because of that, we begin to understand what this love is and how we love, how we love others. You know, it's really cool. There's a, there's a family in our church that I've watched them over the years. And uh, just so you know, I'm watching you, by the way, <laughs> in case you're wondering. That's why I stand out there every morning so I can watch you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But this is the coolest thing. I, I love this because you can see the, the maturity and the, and the growth in their lives as far as how they're being obedient to God. And it's a simple, simple thing is that every morning or every Sunday morning that they come to church, and I got their permission to share who it is. You may know who it is already. But every Sunday when they come to church, before they come into church, they sit in their car and they pray together as a family. Isn't that cool? I know it seems simple, like, okay, well, what are, what are they doing? You know, so they're praying, okay. But we have to understand the depth of what they're doing, the, the intimacy that they're beginning to create through prayer. You know, for, for a lot of us, we always pray before our meal, right? 
You know, I, I know growing up, my kids, I mean, it was like weird when we didn't, you know, and there was times when we didn't, but for my kids, they'd be like, you know, they wouldn't even pick up their fork until we prayed, you know, and then we'd eat with someone, another family, and they'd start digging in, and my kids would be like, oh, what happened there, you know? It was awkward, right? But my kids understood that we weren't just praying just because it was something we did as a habit or as a ritual or something, but it was something different, that we were going to take the moment to give God thanks. We were, we were going to take a moment to understand the blessing and, and, and realize that this was something deeper and something greater. And yeah, it was just a few chicken nuggets, but there was sustenance to it and there was meaning to it. And see, that's what this family does when they come in on Sunday mornings. They know that they're preparing for a meal. And they're asking God to, to help them to, to, to find satisfaction in Him, to, to grow deeper in love with Him, to, to make and grow deeper in their faith, to, to, to make progress in their lives. See, we should pray and we should give thanks for every meal. Every moment we get to spend in the presence of God. And out of that, we'll see the natural outflow, the fruit, the progress. See, if we're going to make progress in our faith, then we need to let Jesus teach us to be partakers of the faith. Do you understand that word? Is that, that word? I know it's kind of a big, it was big for me. I had to, I had to look up the definition, partakers, you know, because we use that word kind of as a churchy term. You know, let's partake today, brothers. You know, we kind of do that kind of stuff, right? I know I grew up in an old school church, so that's kind of where you get it from. But we have to be partakers of the faith. Listen to what it says in verses four through six in chapter six. He says, for it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. I, I, that's a tough passage right there. That, that's a passage that, 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 that scholars and, 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 and people and Christians and believers have kind of wrestled through. But I, I want to offer it to you to look at it like this. What the writer is telling us is that there are some who will come to the very edge of faith in Jesus Christ. And they'll even partake in some of the blessings, some of the riches that God has for them but they stand right on the fringe. See, to partake literally means to go along with. Do you remember when I shared with you guys about, about how I asked my daughter to skip with me and the Bible teaches us to walk in step with the Holy Spirit, to, to go with the Holy Spirit, you know? So I'm drawing a picture for you here, a little skipping, you know, let's skip with the Spirit. You like that, right? You guys got my attention? Come on, you gotta listen. There's a good point here, all right? See, Jesus teaches us to be partakers. See, we're not just to come to the table and not eat. See, it's great that, that we've all been invited into something so wonderful. See, God has invited you into a personal relationship with Him. But the question that you have to ask yourself this morning, will you partake? Will you sit at the table of God and enjoy the blessings, enjoy the riches, 
enjoy everything that he has for you. See, Jesus teaches us all of this. See, we look to Jesus as our teacher and he helps us understand that all of this was given to us. All of this is ours. And all we have to do is grab our fork and dig in. You know, it, it, it breaks my heart. And I, and I hope it does to you. There's, a, there's a, an old scholar, an old pastor that once said, anytime, and I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, so forgive me, anytime you mention the word hell, it should bring a tear to your eye. Because hell is for real. See, there are some that will come to the table. They'll come to the feast. And there are some that won't partake. And I just, I just have to ask you this morning. You, you've been invited. Will you be willing to partake? Are you going to pick up that fork and join in on this great feast that God has for you? That's up to you. That's up to you. I, I can't do that for you. That's a choice that you have to make. See, salvation was given to you. You have been offered a seat at the table. And I want to challenge you, just like that couple does every, every Sunday when they come, just like we do before our meal, look at it as an honor and as a privilege to be invited in on this wonderful salvation. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew before he preaches or as he preaches to the people and he teaches them. He says in Matthew 22 verses 1 through 3, it says, Again, Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But listen, Listen to how he ends it. He says, but they would not come. See, that, that tells us that we have a choice in this. You and I have been invited into something so wonderful, so amazing. We have the choice to allow Jesus to teach us or not to. We have the choice to choose salvation or not to. We have the choice to, to love our brothers or not to. Every day, every moment, we're faced with choices. It's up to us to make that choice, to make that decision. Well, as we, we close our time, I want, I want to give you one more thing from this passage. And I, and I think it's so helpful because Jesus, the way he teaches us, he gives us these pictures, these illustrations, and Jesus uses parables to teach us. And the writer of this book understands that. And he knows that sometimes we don't just get it if we hear it. Sometimes we've got to see it, right? Sometimes we have to have a vision of what is going on to have a greater understanding of what God wants to do in us and through us. So in verses 7 and 8, he uses a parable. And this is what I want you to do right now. I want you to just bear with me. Remember, I'm up here. I'm in control right now. So close your eyes. Just close your eyes. I want you to listen to these words. And I want you just to draw a picture of what this guy is saying right now in this moment. As he instructs us, he says, For the land has drunk the rain that often falls on it, 
and produces a crop useful to those whose sake it is cultivated, receiving a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. I just want you to pause for a moment with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. See, the parable that is being used here is of thorns and thistles coming up from the ground. Even though there is rain that has fallen on it, even though the, the resources have been given, see, it reminds us that what's in the soil, what's in the heart, the outcome, the overflow, the fruit of, will be a reflection. See, and if we bear thorns and thistles, if we, we don't bear the fruit of righteousness, if we don't take steps to grow deeper in our faith, we don't understand and visualize the things that are to come and the things that God desires for us, it just says simply at the end, it'll all be burnt. You can open your eyes now. I want to end our time together this morning just simply to say that, that it, it's not my place to tell you how to live or what to do. It's not my place to tell you that, that you're, you're, you're doing the right things or the wrong things, but it is my place to point you to Jesus. It is my place to, to hold up the word of God and say, this is what we look to, to discover what is right and what is wrong. You know, it's not my place to grab the fork for you. See, I have to do that for myself. Even as a pastor, I have to pick up that fork every day and I have to seek the righteousness of God. I have to discover the things that God desires for me in my life. But I know that I have a responsibility to point you that direction. See, my responsibility to you, but not for you. See, I can't take your place. Only you can. So this morning, as we close, I just kind of want to ask you, have you taken the steps that you need to to grow deeper in this faith? And they might be baby steps. They might be small steps. They may be big steps. I know for, for some that I know you and I, I've hung out with you, like Rick and Kathy and a few others, I know that God's calling you to some really big things. And I know that, that in those big things that it's scary. And I know it's tough because we see ourselves and we don't see this perfect or wonderful or smart or strong or smart enough kind of a person. But I want to tell you this morning, God does. See, what God does, he, he takes the ordinary and he does the what? The extraordinary. Amen. Well, I want to close with this last passage and then we're going to pray together. If we're going to grow and we're going to do the things that God wants us to do, then we have to listen to what Jesus says in John 15, verses 4 and 5. Jesus says this. He says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
again, my, my hope with, 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 a, with a sincerity of heart is that as a family, as a church, that we would abide in Christ. That we would allow Jesus to help us, to guide us. Because apart from him, we can't do anything. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. Lord, this morning we stand in awe of you because you are so full of love and so full of grace. Lord, I truly believe and I truly know and I truly trust that you are at work in the heart of your people, that you are stirring hearts as we bow before you. And so this morning, I just want to give those that are here an opportunity to respond, to respond to you, Father, to respond to the things that you're doing in their lives. Father, I pray that, that you would just show us the things that you have for us. Or maybe, maybe we made a commitment to you when we were kids or when we were younger. Maybe last week we made a commitment to you and this last week we really didn't kind of seek or do the things that you'd have us to do to draw deeper or to seek after you. But Father, today is a new day and we believe and trust that your mercies are new every single day. Lord, that you've brought us to this place. You've brought us to this moment. And you've given us everything that we need to live for you, to grow deeper in you. And Lord, this morning, we, we want to trust you. We want to trust Jesus with all that we are and all that we have. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I, I just want to ask you, what, what is God calling you to do? What is he calling you to become? What is he doing in your life right now? How is he getting your attention? Now, I'm just going to give you a moment just to respond to him, just quietly, with your eyes closed and your heads bowed. Just respond to him. We just thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you that, that you've given us, that you've done so much. Lord, in, in a few moments, we're going we're gonna to give of our tithes and our offerings, Father. And as we give, we, we want to pray a blessing upon them, Father. We want to pray because we understand that we give because you gave. We give out of thanksgiving. Lord, we give with joyful hearts, not hearts of compulsion or hearts that have been pressured into it, Father, but because we understand and know the hope and the love and the faith that you've offered us. Lord, I pray for those that have made a decision this morning to do the things that you're calling them to, to make a commitment to stay faithful in the life that you've called them to, Father. I pray that you would guide their every step, that you would lead them and show them the things you have for them. Father, and as a church family, we would just come together just as that, as a family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, to walk with one another, to share the burden with one another, to encourage one another, to lift each other up. 
Lord, we thank you and we give you the glory and we do it in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.